1: coverage from Super Bowl 58 and Radio Row continues here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And Sarah and I are pleased to welcome in a Hall of Famer. And somebody, if you follow the Ravens Radio Network, you know this guy's voice very, very well. And that is the Hall of Famer, Rob Woodson. Rob, thank you so much for carving out some time for us. And, uh, man, I I can't think of a a better perspective because you and Jerry had bird's eye view all, all year long. And so you get to kind of give us your perspective on what you felt like went wrong, obviously, most recently, but big picture. Uh, what do you think the takeaway should be about the 2023 Ravens?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, welcome to my city. This is my <laughs> <Yeah>. hometown. <laughs> I didn't have to get on a plane to, to even look talk about football. Um I thought the season went well. I really do. I, I you know, obviously they didn't play their best game in the biggest moment. But have you seen what they did defensively and how dominant they were from day one all the way through and you've seen the growth of Lamar Jackson with Todd Munkin, as the offense coordinator. Well, remember, Lamar never made a check in previous years. He yeah. never came to the line of scrimmage yeah. to look at the cord to count numbers in the box and say, oh, you're box heavy? I'm throwing it. You're too high shell? I'm going to run it. That never happened. So the growth of Lamar was tremendous. I think he threw the ball way better outside the numbers. The one thing I love about what Lamar did this past year is that once he got out of the pocket, he was still looking down the field. Mm. Two years ago, Lamar, he would have got out that pocket. He was gone. So, <laughs> <It's okay.
1: laughs>
2: I mean, now he was throwing the football down the field. So, it was kind of nice to see that growth with him and how he comfortable he was with it. And it's kind of crazy when you look at, you know, with Mark Andrews getting hurt. But I think he was good for the team in a bigger picture. And I say that because now Lamar couldn't rely on Mark. He was gonna throw that ball at 89. Yeah. Right, that was going that's his bread and butter. Yep. Right. He knew he could throw that ball to him. He was gonna catch it. Well, he had to throw the ball to everybody. He had to distribute the football. Obviously, Zay Flower became a really good target for him. But then OBJ, Bateman had a really good year. So you know, Nelson Aguilar had a good year. Likely came around. You know, Kohler came around. All those players came around, and that I think that's a growth that they can build on for next year. They didn't play their best game. Because I think they got a lot of life in them. Now, my question would be, or not my question, what I'm thinking is, like, are they going to bring OBJ back? Yeah. Did they bring Nelson back, right? You get Keaton Mitchell back, which is going to be critical because he just changes the makeup of the running back room and what he can do individually, you know, when a play is called. Defensively, yeah, you don't have Mike McDonald. But you know who you still got? Roquan Smith, yeah. he's still there. <laughs> he's
3: still there. Hey, the rest that, rest that dude is pretty good. Too. <laughs> Kyle yeah. Hamilton's still there. Yeah. Kyle <laughs> Hamilton's still there. I mean,
2: the the guy who kind of set the bar, and I know Mike McDonald got all the credit because he was the defense coordinator. But remember, go back to two years ago, before they got Roquan Smith, that defense was shaky. I mean, There's was a little, you're like, true sometimes they were playing good, sometimes they weren't playing especially good. Especially on the back end. On the And yeah. you're like, oh, man, what are score? As soon as he got there. I think that was week eight. I think week mm-hmm. nine he,
1: he started 2022. Yeah.
2: That's when that defense started getting better and better. And they finished way higher than they than they're they at in week eight. Yeah. And then this year it just he just kept it going. <laughs> and yeah. that's why I always say that Roquan is similar to Ray in mm-hmm. a sense that he he's a leader because he told him, Hey, you're running to the ball in practice, you're gonna watch more film. We're going to study together. We're going to run together. We're going to do everything together. That's what a leader is. Yeah. And to me, I don't really care who the defense coordinator is. That defense is going to be good because they're going to fly around to the football, and he's going to take the lead to do that. Yeah.
3: So, Rod, I, you had said something about Lamar. I literally just had a conversation with Steve Young, who loves Lamar. And one of, like, his messages to me was, if this is the first full year – where it was all given to Lamar, the keys, as as they said when Munkin first came in, he his message was like, don't give up on him because this was his first full year of learning that, and he just, and now it's just got to take another step in the playoffs. And when you said something at the, at the beginning there, where you said, well, he's learning how to like count the who's in the box and who's not. Do you do you agree with Steve? It's like it's absolutely. just because because this is a new thing to Lamar. Give him time to learn how to do this part of the job. Ab-
2: absolutely, I I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, you have to give players control in some capacity. Yeah, and players have to take ownership in some capacity. That's the only way your team can be great. Right. If if the coach is the offensive coordinator and he calls the plays and you got to do the play and you never get to say, it never really works. I mm-hmm. mean. I know we didn't always see, I didn't always see eye to eye with my defensive coordinators. And I would tell them, hey, that's a terrible call. Right. In that moment. Right. And this is why. And then some defensive coordinators took it well. Some others didn't. But I think that's the way you grow as a team. And, you know, when we, when I was there in 2000 and 98, all the way through to 2001, Marvin listened to us. He listened to the defensive players and saying, hey, you know what? We should do this X, Y, Z. And he put it in, and some things probably didn't make sense to him. He, took, he kept it out. Mm. But at least he listened to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a valuable tool for coaches to let their players' voices be heard. They're the ones out there playing. Right. They got to be comfortable with it. And that's right. one thing I, I love what Todd Munkin said when we first met during training camp is that we're giving him that opportunity. Now, if you put that play in, you got to make that play work. <laughs> yeah. And if it don't work, don't come back to me. Yeah. So, you know, that it was good to see, and I think that, it is – I I do agree, going back to your first question, I do agree with Steve Young yeah. that his growth is going to keep going because now he's seen it, he's going to remember it, he's going to come back and this year and he's going to say, oh, well, last time I saw this look, they did this XYZ last year, so I'm going to call this. Right. And it's going to be better and easier for him.
1: So something you, you just spoke to was, uh, I guess, just the, the awareness or the communication that happens with a coordinator and a locker room and leader of men and everything that comes with that that position all of a sudden the second youngest coordinator in the league is in Baltimore (laughs) in 31 year old Zach Orr. I mean, it's hard to believe. He looks like he can still suit up and play. Uh, And then just listening to his press conference, I think we all know his story and, and I think of, of faith too. It's been cool. Right. He goes, look, I, I didn't ask God why I asked God. What's next in terms of why he, why his, his football career was lost. And since then the guy is on such a rise right now, to be a coordinator, what, what do you think his biggest challenge is ahead of him to the point where he, he's, he's yet to call a play in his professional career as a coach?
2: Not knowing what he doesn't know, as mm-hmm. calling games, as making the game plan, putting it together. Yes, he's been in the room with his coaches, but now it's on him. It's his take. It's his look. It's his vision of what he wants this defense to look like. And I would just – I would hope he doesn't get too far away removed from what they – are really good at. And the key again though is that do you bring back Clowney? Do you right. bring back Van Noy? Mm-hmm. You I'm saying yeah. <laughs> because without those guys last year, where what? was your age? where I was don't your know where your rushing was that? <laughs> right? And then, you know, do you do you lose uh Geno Stone? Right cuz I think his contract's up. Geno, yeah. you? another do you, glue guy there. Or yeah. do you do you Bringing back, but he's gonna be—he's gonna get some money. Yeah, you know, and I don't all those I don't, interceptions. I don't blame a guy for getting his money now. Yeah. get his yeah. money. Yeah, but like, how do you how do you bring it all back, right? And that's same thing on offense. Do you bring back OBJ? Do you bring back Nelson Aguilar? And I think all those weapons that he had, he had so many choices. Yeah, where he wasn't locked into one or two guys. Where and same thing on defense. So that's that's I think. For going back to the first question, I think Orr is just going to have to, like, figure out how he wants his game to look, how he wants his defense to look. And I think at the end of the day, if – and I saw his press conference, if they're going to be run and be physical, shoot, bro, that's what the Ravens defense is. <laughs> run and be physical. Did hit people in the
1: face. Did you hear the way he described it? What yeah. he wants it to look like? Yeah. Violent execution.
2: Boom. <laughs> Boom. Like, it's like Roquan. That's Raven-like right there. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's That's old school football. Yeah. That's, you know, when you watch Agent Zero coming from the middle of the field and the running back goes to the right side and he comes over or the corner makes the tackle, hits him, stands him up, and Agent Zero comes in and cleans him up. That's what it is. is. And can you execute that on a daily basis for him? That's what's going to be the question. Yeah.
3: All right, so if you're flipping the page and you're your EDC cuz you know this team as well as anybody. What are like the three areas that you're like, all right, this is what they got to attack. This is what they got to go out and get. Like where do you see like is it offensive tackle with maybe Morgan Moses being got like where do you want them to kind of attack to fortify this team?
2: They don't have a lot of holes. I don't think you got to go out and reach. Yeah. to get anything that you are panicking about, right? I think you're solid.
3: You got a across, foundation.
2: You got a great foundation across the board on with all the different position units mm-hmm. to get those backups. That's that's going to be key. Mm-hmm. You got to make listen to you. Is Molette's coming back? I mean, Brandon Stevens. We know he's there. He played lights out football, right? Does he have that same year the following year? The depth.
1: Darby and, and I mean, Darby oh, yeah. bring
2: back Darby, who played yeah. really good football for you. So there's so many. Quarters. I think it's more about making sure you have the foundation for the backups than finding a starter. Because I don't know if you need to find a starter per se. Okay. But you need to find somebody who's talented enough when his time is up, or it's time yeah. to step up into play. Yeah. That they can step up and play. That's why I like veterans. That's why I like veterans. Veterans, they know how to play. Yeah. That's why I like the. Clowny move. I I like the Van Noy. Van noy I remember Van noy's week four. He was on the Pat McAfee show. And then he was a week later, he's he's making sacks in the game. I was like, that's a veteran. Yeah. A rookie couldn't do that. A rookie couldn't be sitting on the couch and then come in and make some sacks in a game because a veteran knows how to play already. Yeah.
3: Well, let me ask you this. So I felt like all the years that I covered Ray, I almost didn't even worry about who the Ray ones were going to plug in next to him. Which is hard to say when you know Patrick Queen is probably gonna go out and get his payday. He earned it, right? Is there an effect where Roquan could have a ray-like effect where it's like I'm not saying just anybody you can't pull Joe Schmo, but do you have more confidence because Roquan's there, that whoever that the guys they put next to him that they're gonna succeed?
2: That's a good one. That's a really good question. Because okay. I think I think Patrick Queen, we've seen the growth of Patrick Queen Oof. once Agent Zero got there. Yes. Yeah. Now the question He was growing a little
3: bit, but no, then it went was, skyrocket. No.
2: Yeah, he was getting better. Yeah. Right? He was getting better, gradually getting better. Mm-hmm. Get, and as soon as he got there,
4: it Boom. popped. It just yeah. popped. But played so But now the
2: question is, is it can, and Patrick Queen's a tremendous athlete. Yes.
4: It's hard to
2: find a guy like him somewhere else Yeah, yeah. and say he's going to just get plugged in and he's going to play the same way. Yeah. That's hard to do. I wouldn't be overly worried, but you can get a second-round guy. You can get Mm -hmm. a third-round guy who's a really good athlete that Roquan can mentor. Or maybe they got a guy there already. Trent Simpson. Simpson's right there, right? So you you got a guy. Does he keep elevating? Mm -hmm. That's the question. Mm -hmm. And that's the question that the coaches have to ask before they go to draft day.
1: Trent balled out against your former team that regular season finale, didn't he? He did. He played extremely
2: (laughs) well. And the question is, when you see those glimpses, can they do it again? Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. then can they do it again? Yeah. Uh, then can you do it again? Right. And if you, when you keep being consistent, that's when you find really good player. That's when you find greatness. Mm-hmm. But when you find guys who have ebbs and flows, yeah, it's hard to win with guys who have ebbs and flows. Not saying yeah. that Simpson's not, he's, he's going to have ebbs and flows. I'm just saying, can he be steady? Right. Can he keep getting better? And that's the question that the coaches have to answer before they get the free agency and draft it.
1: Yeah. Got it. Speaking of greatness, Kyle Hamilton's been all that more through two yeah. years. I mean, an all-pro guy. I mean, we had uh, Dominique Foxworth on earlier, and he, I thought he did a great job of explaining <laughs> yeah. what can be asked of Kyle. Anything. Yeah. Anything can be asked. All three levels, whatever you need, he's going to give it to you. He's rangy. He's versatile. He's great against the run. You can dr- drop him back, whatever you need. Um, Three-sack game against Indianapolis, right? I mean, he, he was really something else. I'll ask him the same exact thing you asked Dominique. What's his ceiling? What's Kyle's ceiling? I think it's
2: it's high. How high? That's up to Kyle, right? And it's you really never know. I think he plays better closer to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he could be good if you put him in the middle of the field. But now you got your one of your best athletes 15 yards away from the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. I, I wanna, but I, I want to – and you saw, like, every time he's around the – line of scrimmage he's making plays yes he's a great tackler in space yep to have 10 tackles for loss in space it's not like he's blitzing and doing it right yeah. he's tackling this guy on a smoke screen i was gonna say screen. any offensive
3: coordinator that's on a screen his way has not been watching Kyle Hamilton. He, that's a bad he's, play he's, he's...
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
2: done a great job of tackling in space so he's further along and i said this multiple times in the booth he's further along than i was when i first came to the league i wasn't all pro my second year i wasn't close how long did it take I, my third year but i was a returner third my third year i was a pro bowl player my third year and but he has to keep growing which i know he will and have to then i think once he once he really figures the game out, he's gonna start doing what the great players do. Show that quarterback one thing where I'm not doing it, mm. and I'm gonna do something else. Yeah. I want you yeah. to do something that I want you to do. Yeah, and I'm gonna bait you into it. And then once they do it, go make a play.
3: Love yeah. that. I'm gonna ask you one more question, then I'll let John get in here. Zay Flowers.
2: No, is, man. First of all, I feel i didn't even have to ask I a feel, question. I Just I said feel, his name. <laughs> I feel <laughs> yeah. terrible for him, right? Right. For two things, for the crazy penalty that he had yeah and that was motions right that was just which i don't hate no i don't hate it's just you you gotta control it but yeah you can't get emotionally hijacked yeah that's what we always say in the locker room don't get emotionally hijacked inside of the game Mm -hmm. things happen take it in stride Mm -hmm. and then you gotta remember that same play so that ball gets moved back 15 yards right Mm -hmm. they flip fields Mm -hmm. instead of him catching the ball in the end zone or closer to now he's further back. Now he's trying to get to the end zone. The ball gets punched out. If he doesn't make that play, if he doesn't get that penalty against him, he's in the end zone. Right.
3: Oh, so right, it's a combination.
2: Right. So players sometimes have to look at themselves and say, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Why did I do it? Don't ever do that again. Right. Yeah. But to watch this little dude play, <laughs> he is fun. I mean, joystick, <laughs> that's what we call him. Joystick yeah. is yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Because right? he stops on a dime. <laughs> yeah. And everybody just, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you see, grown men, the On best skis. athletes in the way <laughs> yes. in the, in the world, just going right by him. I mean, yeah. He is fun to watch. He's going to be so good. You know what I love about him? He is. He's not that big, but he plays big. Yes, yeah. the that's sturdiness. the difference. Yes. that's the difference between a big player who can play small or a small player who can play big. Yes. I want yes. a small player that can play big. I don't want no big player that can play small. Yes, is and he, that's what he does. is he
3: Pro Bowl bound eventually? Yeah, he's got to be right.
2: I, I think he is. I think he is because keep giving him the ball in space yeah keep finding it and lamar delivered the footballs a couple of deep balls lamar probably threw underneath him and a couple deep balls he should have caught he didn't catch Mm. that's it he's he's a kid he's young he's a rookie i mean my rookie year oh man i was getting crushed i I was getting (laughs) ran by (laughs) they're like in today's football they would say oh he's a bust yeah He's a boss. He's got beat. he just got beat five times. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but now we, we want these young kids to be great year one. Right. Year two. I always say give them three years. Let them see. The problem is we don't give coaches three years. Right. So they they feel panicky. They don't even give their players time to yeah. grow. And that's what's kind of scary. But the great thing is in Baltimore, you got a great leader in John Harmon. Yep. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, so he can he can take his time with his players and let them develop.
1: Before we bring John in, can I ask yeah. one once just because sure. the Harbaugh thing was just brought up, and I and I feel like we'd be remiss to not ask you about this, being that this week was about the reports of bringing Jerry Rossberg back to potentially serve a, a game management role, and then it didn't come to be, and a deal wasn't reached. What I wanted to bring up to you was, do you think that there's a, a room for improvement in that category from John Harbaugh's? vantage point
2: I think there's always room for improvement I don't think you should ever be satisfied as a coach you got to look at yourself and go where were we where were we strong where were we weak how can we improve how can we make our team stronger uh, from the coaching standpoint to the player standpoint yeah so it's always room for improvement. I don't think you should ever be satisfied with that.
4: Fair,
1: fair, fair, fair. John, thank
2: you for
4: your patience. Of course, I could listen to this all day long. By the way, I mean you had a chance to do that all day long. I have. (laughs) I'm a better person, and and uh, because of it, leader, mentor, uh, role model. Uh, you know, his actions uh, back up his words and and he's invested in what we're trying to do and do together. And I've had an amazing day with him. So thank you.
1: Perfect segue to start talking about why Rod is here and and a a worthy cause at that. So what do you guys have going on?
4: Yeah, so I'm with the Drug Enforcement Administration and uh, we're here today at at the biggest venue in the world right now to talk about something that's a little more serious. We're losing so many Americans to fentanyl and we have this one pill can kill campaign where we, we want people to understand just how deadly these pills can be. And how deadly these drugs like fentanyl are, okay? Uh, Seven out of ten pills that DEA seizes right now contains a deadly dose of fentanyl. And we seized 78 million of them last year. That's just what we seized. We lost 112,000 Americans to drug poisoning deaths a drug overdose deaths last year alone. So this is why it's so critical that we're getting this one pill can kill message out there. We need to educate people. And it only takes a small amount of fentanyl, just enough to t- fit on the tip of a pencil. It's about two milligrams enough to kill somebody. And, and we need people to get out there and just start talking about it. We can't have our children fall victim to this. You know, Kids going on social media, thinking they're buying a pharmaceutical grade pill, only to find out that, first of all, you cannot buy a pharmaceutical pill on social media. You can't do it. Yeah. And what you do get on social media is fake, and it's made with fentanyl, and it can be deadly. So we need to get that message out there. And having somebody like Hall of Famer Rod Woodson and partnering with the NFL Alumni Association, who are getting behind this cause and being able to be at an event like this and join great people like you, talk a little bit of football, which means a lot to me, yeah. but also, <laughs> but also talk about just how important this message out there. And for everybody that's listening to hear this, you know, that maybe maybe they'll think about it a little bit. Maybe they'll have that conversation with their own family or you know a, a team that they're coaching young kids or school, a community group, a church, and maybe they'll go on DEA.gov and learn a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah, that's what I was actually gonna ask before we close, other than spreading awareness, other than going there, how can folks help out?
4: Yeah, if they go to DEA.gov slash pill, we have all kinds of materials up there. The most important thing to understand is just how deadly this drug is. It's a game changer, it's a synthetic-based drug, so they don't have to worry about plant and growing cycles anymore, they're just mass-producing it, and it's ending up in all of our communities, it's ending up in our schools right now, and we have to make a difference. And the way we're gonna do that is by having these conversations, and that's why today has been so important for us at DEA and to partner with somebody like Rod has just been just been amazing we're proud
1: to share a few minutes with you and and thank you for for what you do with that initiative and and Rod always good to see you my friend I know Baltimore is going to appreciate it and uh so for my co-host Sarah Ellison Rod and John I'm Bobby signing off here from Radio Row Super Bowl 58's right around the corner more coverage on the other side of this